Hello and welcome along to the World Game Live. It's fantastic to have your company this Wednesday, the 6th of January, 2021, baby. Bring on the new year and bring on my co-host, Nick Stoll, aka Stolich. Welcome to you, Sonny Jim. So good to have you back. I know you were on uh, a bit of a holiday last week and, of course, uh, an apt time to take a holiday when the A-League and the W-League kick off, you weirdo. But I'm so glad that you're back, my friend. You weirdo. It's Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, all, all that stuff. It's the most normal time in the world to take a holiday. No, it's actually not because all the football leagues around the world are still continuing, all the major leagues and all the important leagues, by the way. So it's anyway, you it never stops. World Cups, you know, Euro Cups, Copper Americas, leagues, you know, it never, ever, ever stops. So I'm sorry. I had to take a break. It was only for 10 days. Shout out to Daniel Garb doing a great job uh, in my absence. And shout out to all the listeners and viewers. I watched along last week. I really enjoyed uh, reading everyone's comments and uh, it, was, it was really, really good. Uh, I didn't like when Daniel Garb said that I was punching when he saw uh my a picture of my girlfriend that was a bit harsh although my girlfriend when i told her she was very like oh yeah yeah you totally are yeah yeah that's great <laughs> i think that was probably the, the the best thing daniel garb said all show and he said a lot of amazing things we all know you're punching but there's nothing wrong with that michael long happy new year guys first show of the new year great yes. to have your company in 2021 michael long you've been a fabulous viewer of ours for so long here and we love welcoming our regular guests here on the world game live Santino another one down in Melbourne. Great to have you back with us this week, Santino. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. Ivan Stragan, another one of our top viewers. Happy New Year, guys. Katie by you. Happy New Year to you, Dal. It's um, it's fabulous that we've been able to retain all of our fabulous regular viewers, mm. uh, you know, year in, year out now. It's been fantastic. We love doing this show and we love engaging with everybody. We've got a massive program coming up today, of course. In just a moment, we're going to be catching up with Canberra United star Michelle Heyman. What a star yes. she is. I'm so glad. I'm I'm so glad and thanking the football gods that this woman made the decision to come back into football again and she has certainly made her mark. So we're going to catch up with her shortly. We're also catching up with the new executive chairman over at Newcastle Jets, Shane Metesky. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Shane. A lot of things to share with us about the week that it's been for Newcastle Jets. So many changes, new owners poised. And also later on in the program too, we're catching up with local FC founder and former A-League footballer Chad Gibson. So much to chat to the great Gibbo about. He does some fabulous work, has produced some excellent content on football over the years, so it'd be great to catch up with him. But, um, Stolich, I want to get straight up into the news items as well because there's been a hell of a lot happening, particularly when it comes to the Wanderers. And we'll start off with that first news item. And they've announced the signing of ex-Premier League midfielder Jordan Much. Now, a lot of people, they played on the pun of his last name, saying they don't know much about him. But, Stolich, mm. what do we know about Jordan Much? All right, well, I'm going to start with the positives. He's played 78 games in the Premier League, and, you know, you've got to be pretty good to play 78 games in the Premier League, that's for sure. He's a central midfielder. He's 29 years old. They've signed him on a six-month deal. So, you know, it's not too much of a risk for the Wanderers. They haven't given him a four-year contract or like that. The probably reason they haven't given him a uh, four-year contract is he does have a bit of an injury history. In 2020 last year, he played one game, and that was, uh, I think, 17 minutes off the bench in Norway. He previously played for Vancouver Whitecaps, where he played under Carl Robinson, so that's that's the connection there. But, yeah, I don't know. I, he wasn't very popular when he was at Crystal Palace. Uh, I looked up some tweets and reactions of his time there. They were very happy to see the back of him. I don't know what that tells you. Listen, players struggle in the Premier League. They come to the A-League, they do fine. So hopefully he does fine. Hopefully the Wanderers, you know, they do well with him. But you can tell Carl Robinson has looked at this midfield and said, mm, I don't know about it because he signed Jordan much. We know Steve Ogarkovic is going there at the end of the season. So, you know, what that says about the current Wanderers midfield, I'm not sure. Um, but it doesn't say anything good. 
The question that we're posing to everybody tuning in here, though, is what's a realistic aim for the Wanderers this season? Where do you anticipate that they're going to finish? I mean, we know that obviously it's been a very rough period for them, particularly off the back of the departure of Tony Popovich. So it's been a very dry few years. Uh, and also, you know, being displaced for so long, moving away from Parramatta Stadium. Now they're in Bankwest. They've had a host of coaches come through and gone. Um, you know, they're expecting big things under Carl Robinson given the, the in, impact that he had whilst he was at Jets. Um, but what's a realistic aim for them this season, Stolich? Where do you see them finishing? Well, they have to be aiming for the finals because they're a massive club. And like you say, you know, they've brought in Robinson. They've brought in Abini. They've brought in Troisi. Those are big name signings. Those are, you know, Socceroos and stuff. They're in there. So they need to be aiming uh, for the finals. But, you know, their first game against uh, MacArthur was quite poor. And uh, it made me think, oof, this is going to be a tough season for them. So I really hope for all the reasons... For the A-League to thrive, we need the Wanderers to thrive. You know, they're in the biggest catchment area. They have the most passionate fans. I love going to their games. Um, but we need them to be doing well. And, uh, you know, so far we haven't seen it. But Friday night against the Jets, that's going to be spicy. I love it. Robinson going back to Newcastle. Um, you know, Abini going back to Newcastle. I hope the Newcastle fans create a very hostile atmosphere. You know, nothing like kind of that's too far, but, you know, booing and all that and whistling. Let's create it. Let's create a real hostile atmosphere in Newcastle and hopefully create a bit extra spice. And that's what we love to see in Australian football. We love a bit of spice. Ben Christian, Western City Wanderers would be good for a mid-table finish. Let's see how things pan out for them. Moving on to the next item of news before we welcome our special guest for the show. How about this? No one thought that we'd be saying this about the Mariners' start to the season. On top of the table after yeah. two from two, the question that we're posing to everybody is can they keep it up? And that is <laughs> going to be the real test of their success. You're already shaking your head, Solich. <laughs> okay, we, we know it's not going to happen the whole season. No way. I mean, if it happens. Uh, I don't know. I'll do something crazy. We'll do this show live from Gosford. Uh, you know, Aaron Affair. Shout out to all, all my friends who live up in Gosford. Wonderful part of the world, I must say. Um, you know, I was at Terrigal uh, Mall, uh, like, when I was on my holiday. Saw a massive sign for the Mariners. I thought, man, I wish this team does well. But, listen, two games. Yeah, like Justin Parker is saying here, two games in, don't get excited, 100%. What I like about them is they have a clear style. They sit back, they count. They had 30% possession against uh, MacArthur. They had 46% possession against the Jets. That's a, at least, listen, it's not exactly how I love to watch football, but at least it's a clear style. They're competitive. They're hard to play against, which when you're an under-resourced club is what you should be doing. You know, you make it hard for the opposition to play against you. And, for them to be competitive, that's good for the whole league because there was a lot of times in the Mariners the last three years. This is they last time they won two games in a row, twenty seventeen. So that's a long time between winning two games in a row. So there's they should be excited, and I hope that they keep it up for as long as possible. But I don't think they will. All right, that's great optimism from you. Tonka Tony, credit to Alan Stajic and Central Coast Mariners have given their coach time to get a team and pre-season. Let's see how long that lasts for. As you said, we've been so used to them stinking up the league, it would be nice if for a change of pace they could start actually being competitive. All right, let's move on to welcome our next special guest. Speaking She's of top of the table. <laughs> yeah, speaking of top of the table, this is another team that is doing exceptionally well in the W League so far. She's been a star, and I mean that with every sense of the word, a star in Australian football, and I was personally devastated to see her walk away from the game. But guess what, baby? Those boots were weighed for walking, and she is back in the W League again. Welcome to the show, Michelle Heyman. Thank Great you so much. 
Girlfriend, oh. you are on fire at the moment. My God, no one can stop you from scoring two games, four goals, a hat-trick on your return against Adelaide. Tell us, how good does it be? Does it feel to be back and playing football again? Yeah, it feels pretty good. It's just a, it's a nice feeling. There's no pressure at all. I literally came back because um, I missed it. I really missed playing the game and I missed being involved within the team. For myself to be able to... To come back to Canberra, where it all pretty much started, um, it's like a dream come true. And literally, it's just like every single training session, I'm pushing myself, I'm working hard, but like it's coming out within the games. And you can see it. I'm smiling, I'm having fun, and that's when I play my best football. Um, before I throw over to Stolich for a question, I want to ask you because I felt like at the time that you signalled that you were retiring, I personally, and I'm sure a lot of people felt the same thing, including those around you, would have felt that it was pretty premature because you still had so much to offer to the game. Can you tell us, for those particularly tuning in that don't know too much about your decision, what prompted you to walk away at that time and hang up your boots? Yeah, it was mainly just because mentally I was just fatigued I was so tired I was drained and I was carrying a couple of injuries that were um, quite stressful just because I wasn't getting on the field it was a bit frustrating to always be on the bench and then to not be able to give my all to the Matildas kind of you know it just it weighed me down a lot um, so for myself I thought the best possible way for myself is to just walk away um, just to take some time away and I never really thought I was going to put the bits back on, um, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And my body's healed. I feel very healthy. Um, I'm not carrying any injuries. I'm just actually 100% fit. Um, and I'm actually fitter than what I was during the Matildas. So I'm feeling pretty good in my older age. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Uh, Michelle, I just wanted to ask, you know, you did return to Clubland. Could we see return to the Matildas? If you keep this form up, I mean, you've got to be knocking on the door. Also, new coach, Tony Gustafsson, that's very exciting. There's a lot to look forward to for the Matildas in the future. Is that something that you're keen to be a part of? Yeah, most definitely. Like, I'm not going to um, throw it out. Like, I will throw it out there into the universe. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think coming back into the W League has created um a second chance for myself um and it's proving to myself that i can still do it um i am only 32 years old i'm not that old so i know i've got a couple more years left in me um but it's just the main thing for myself right now is to keep my body healthy uh, and i'm spending a lot of time doing extra recovery and extra effort in that side of it um to prolong my career so um we might knock on the doors i think if i just keep <laughs> taking um one game as it comes, just trying to improve every single game, work on my fitness and just, you know, banging in a few more goals. Um, nothing can really stop me. So talk to us about the moment then when you decided. You said that you started to miss the game and that was what inspired you to, to consider coming back. But when it dawned on you like, wow, actually, I, I think I want to start getting back into it again, you know, did you have that conversation with your missus and your friends and family and start bouncing, you know, that thought around with them? Yeah, it all happened during COVID. I was that bored in lockdown, so I started kicking the ball again um, against the wall and actually just I loved it. And I was like, oh, I still got my touches. Um, so I, I had my boots still in the back of the car just waiting just in case. Um, put them back on, went running, and just kind of like enjoyed kicking the ball again. And um, I went and had coffee with Nikki Flannery and Grace Ma in Sydney, and they were playing for Sydney Uni at the time. So I had the little conversation um, about coming back and they were like, yeah, well, we're thinking of um, signing for Canberra again. So we all started chatting and I just thought, wow, what an opportunity to be able to, you know, push myself back into um, 
the New South Wales League, see how I go within that, and then hopefully get myself a contract for W League. And lucky I've known Vicky for a long time, and as soon as she got the job, I kind of gave her a call, and I was just like, look, um, I'm willing to, you know, put in the hard yards. Um, I miss the game. I want to be back involved within a team, and I want to push myself. So she pretty much told me, she's like, if you don't play in the um, Sydney League, then you won't have a shot playing in W League. So I just put my boots back on and just started, started training, uh, managed to get a few games under my belt with Sydney and really, really enjoyed my time there and enjoyed being back on the field. So I felt very grateful um, for myself just to have, you know, another opportunity um, at my passion. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to walk away from it. Like it, it did break my heart um, and I was angry at the game, which is sad to say I just was so frustrated that I just I really needed that time away so right now um I've got all I feel like I'm 21 it seriously feels like the first league um of W League for myself I just feel like I've just found my feet again and I'm having fun oh we love watching you have fun right because as Michael Long said as Martin Tyler always says form is temporary class is permanent welcome back Michelle and you've been having a hell of a lot of fun in just two games let's um let's play the goal um that you scored just uh, just recently against Melbourne City Stolich. Yep. I mean what an institution to have playing yep oh, Michelle Heyman flag stays down and it's in the top corner Michelle Heyman with her fourth goal of the season gets Canberra off the mark Actually, I, I didn't get enough of that. Can you play that again? One more time. Right, we'll roll it again. I yep. mean, what an institution to have playing. Yep. Oh, Michelle Heyman, flag stays down and it's in the top corner. Michelle Heyman with her fourth goal of the season gets Canberra off the mark. Oh, just no. makes my skin get all excited <laughs> and, and crawl with anticipation about what more you're going to do in this W League season. Michelle Stolich, over to you to ask some more questions of Michelle before we say goodbye to her because we know you've got to go. You're getting on a flight to go over to play Brisbane. Uh, yeah, Michelle, I wanted to ask, what is it like to work under Vicky Linton? Obviously, she's a very experienced coach. But what can you tell her what she's like when it comes to kind of tactics and player management? And, you know, I think I think maybe we underestimate how good a coach she is. She's fantastic. She's like one of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, she just understands players. And for myself as well, being an older player, um, being out of the game for a, a while now, um, she understands my load, what I can and can't do at training. So we always have that conversation and she's she's always for the player. Um, and within our training sessions, it's so good because she kind of stops it and asks questions and wants us to think instead of just giving us the answers. And I think for this season, especially with it being a quite a younger um team for Cambria United it's good for the young girls to be able to you know um, think on their feet um, be able to come up with the right answers to the problems that we have on the field so she definitely has um, a great coaching strategy that I adore um, and I'm a massive fan of her I think she she gets the best out of all of her players she literally is straight to the point um she makes us run. She works us really hard. Um, and, yeah, I'm really enjoying everything that I've learnt from her so far within our preseason. Like we had a good six-week preseason, so we're eight weeks in and – or not even that, six, seven weeks in, and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, and I've learnt already so much more in my career in the last little bit um, than what I did playing my entire life. So I'm very grateful um, to finally, you know, have the ability to work with her like she's been part of the Matildas but you know sometimes when you're an assistant coach you don't really get too much of a say so for now to be able to you know hear her words and her philosophy it's it's pretty incredible 
And tell us finally now, um, before we let you go, you're obviously heading up, as I said, to, to go and play Brisbane now, who've shown some really exciting promise um, in their first two games. Been unlucky to to get the wins, but, um, you know, I've been really impressed by what they have to offer. What are you guys expecting from them and how have you prepared? Yeah, um, Brisbane, they're always a tough team to play against. You know, they've got Polks in the back line, so I'm going to, you know, have a battle <laughs> on my hands with her, um, which I love and adore. She's like one of my best mates, so it's really good. But, you know, they've been playing so well. They're, they're just lacking that quality in front of goal right now. Um, they should have been up two for two wins um, already as well. So the way we're going to go into it, we're just going to, you know, press. We're going to um, use our strengths and try and um, attack their weaknesses. So can't tell too much. Um, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but, but we're going to try and run rings around them and bang in a few more goals, 100%. <laughs> uh, Michelle, I can't wait to watch what, you know, the rest of this season holds for you. As I said earlier, I'm so glad you're back. I, I know that so many people watching this will be able to agree with me. It's been sensational to see you, number one, make the decision to come back and to see just how hard you worked. I mean, the social media posts, you constantly in and out of the gym, working really hard to get your body right, and it's paid dividends because you are an absolute star at 32. Girlfriend, and you keep going. You keep going yeah. for another 10 years if you want to, and we're going to be there right behind you. So thank you so much for making the time to chat to us. I know that you and the girls are getting on a flight to go and play, play Brisbane. Good luck against them, and we wish you all the very best for the remainder of the season. We know you're going to be banging on that Matilda's door, and, um, and we're such huge fans of yours, and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I seriously appreciate all your time. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle. See you. Oh, Michelle Heyman, what a star, Stolich. I'm a fantastic footballer, such a great human being as well. She's always had so much to offer the game. And I tell you what, she damn well deserves that Matilda's jersey if she keeps up this sensational form, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and what a great ambassador for the game as well. You know, speak so well about the W League, about the Matildas, um, about her teammates, about her coach. So just a, a wonderful ambassador for our game. I want to move on to the next news items before we welcome our next guest. We've got Chad, Chad Gibson, pardon me, the founder of Local FC and former A-League footballer coming up as well as Newcastle Jets, the new executive chairman. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of talking points there. But um, we talked about the fact that um, the Mariners are at the top of the table. And I know that someone that joined in late on the stream said, have you spoken about the Mariners yet? We already have. So you can, mm. if you're really that keen to, to touch on a few of the notes that we, <laughs> we quickly alluded to earlier, you can, of course, catch the show on demand but I want to finally get to this news item which and I say finally because it's been a long time coming we were expecting this stolage to occur in 2019 mid 2019 but finally the A-League has achieved independence but I want to ask what are the gray areas around this well, I mean, listen, one thing is you're giving the, the power of the eight league to the existing clubs. So, you know, at what point are those existing clubs going to be open to something that kind of we all want, like promotion and relegation? Because none of those clubs want to be relegated. They want to stay in the first division. So there's stuff like that, you know, who controls exactly what part um, of the thing. We'll see how it all plays out. Hopefully it's a good step for the game. I know a lot of people are saying it's going to be a positive thing. Um, and, you know, I, I really hope it is. Uh, let's see. But, you know, it, it took this long to happen. I hope in all that time that we were waiting for it, they were making plans so they can hit the ground running. And I hope we see, you know, more marketing, more connection from the A-League teams to the grassroots. I think that's going to be exciting. 
And we're going to talk about the Jets shortly, but I want to welcome our next special guest. Undoubtedly, he has to be one of the best content creators of football in this country. He made fabulous contributions in his time as a footballer, but it's great to see him doing even better things, if that's possible, off the field with his venture, Local FC. Welcome to the show, the legendary Chad Gibson. Hello, boss. How are you? Good. How are you, miss? How are you? Oh, we're so good. We're so good. We're so glad to welcome you on the program. It's been a long time coming, and I think I speak for a lot of people, Gibbo, when I say that so many of us are such huge fans of your work. But for those that um, shamefully aren't as familiar with what you're doing with Local FC, tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about the moment that you decided to to get this up and running and what inspired that decision. Um, Thank you for that intro. I appreciate it. Um, You know me. I don't really do a lot of this stuff a lot. I'm not the most comfortable this side of the camera i like the other side so this is kind of a big thing but um i did it because i have to say i did it because for me sbs will always be my home of football it's what a lot of what i yes chat yes chat no no and and everyone's doing some amazing things but i did it because the world game i grew up on world soccer i grew up on les and that sunday morning like i've got a a fiorentina jersey on i fell in love with rui costa because of Mm. sbs and world soccer so that I played, I wanted to play like him. I wanted to be him. So yeah, that's the reason why I, I'm doing this. So shout out to SBS and for what you've done for the game, for us growing up and, and now we appreciate it. But what I've done with local FC, um, 10 years this year, which is absolutely, I'm kind of blown away. I mean, last year was a, a bad year for everybody and I hope everyone's well and safe and kind of it made me reflect a lot. And this year hit the ground running with my positive vibes and choo-choo for Australian football, but I literally finished playing uh, in 2011 professionally. I'd played, you know, like over 10 years in the NSL, um, then into the A-League as well. Um, been privileged and blessed to, you know, captain the Raw in the first inaugural first two seasons. Um, but to be honest, I fell out of love completely with football. Um, long story short, when I finished, I kind of had enough of it. Um, met my partner who was doing a master's in design and she said you're really creative and you've got all these things that I kind of hid when I was playing um you know I was into fashion I was into football jerseys I was into art I was into music but it was a different era back then um I was probably more into this era to be honest and um so she said pick up a camera um and start telling your stories and I did that and you know uh basically wanted to showcase i said i made a point to myself like 10 years ago i said i'd never seen football the way i had ever seen it and talked about it and experienced and and viewed it the beauty the stories you can't tell um for me it's always you know the the personal stories and bringing them out in football our game is so unique but in particular this country we have such rich even though we're still young we have such amazing you know football culture that's me growing up and going to watch my brother and, and you know i got blessed i have to side i sidetrack a lot but you know my brother <laughs> played in the game that ned scored the greatest ever soccer national team goal yeah! of all time let's get it out there it is the greatest goal ever um, and you know, I grew up on that era. Like, I grew up watching Ned, my brother. That era was a different era as well. There wasn't a lot of funding. So we had, like, Sean Murphy and Gary Hasler stay with us for, like, four months during that campaign. Um, you know, I'd go watch their Oli Roo games and young soccer Roo games for four years, be in the change room. So I grew up on that, like, on my Milan Blagojevic's and Paul Ocon's wow. and all these guys. You know, and that's that's my education. You know, my playing, it is what it is, and I was blessed to have a career, but... I was educated in that way and now it's my, I felt it was my job. I wanted to make a bigger impact on Australian football 
um, than when I played. And for a lot of people, they'll say that's not too hard, really. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to make a bigger impact. I made a point for myself when I finished playing, and I literally started playing pickup games again and fell in love with football like I'd never had before. And I didn't wow. want anyone else to fall out of love again. Um, but I really wanted to showcase, this was before football culture was a thing, um, I wanted to showcase how I was seeing the game, the jerseys, the culture off the pitch, the players on the pitch, and, and specifically the players, who they are as people rather than footballers. Um, and, yeah, started Local FC. I now have a, a sports consultancy agency, which is called Not Our Field as well, which we specialise in uh, working in brand development through sports and obviously through football. Um, you know, I've had a really amazing 10 years when I reflect back and I've worked really super closely with Nike Australia who to me and Nike France has been another part of my extended family and done a lot of work over there during the Euros. Um, but, you know, some of the biggest things I've done here with Nike Australia, we created, you know, a football tournament and I, I said it had to be in where I grew up in, a suburb where I grew up in Lakemba. So, you know, we did that and, you know, luckily for me, like, you know what, how it is with Nike, they don't give collaborations too often. I've been blessed to have no. two local FC times, you know, um, Nike football collaborations. The football tournament was one back in my home suburbs. And then the other one, which is probably my proudest moment as well, was um, in team for the World Cup. They hired us as a collaboration for the World Cup for the Socceroos. And um, we got to create two projects of our own. Um, and the first one was a 10-part documentary series, which um, for me was about the Socceroos being the soccer is uh, when they go into the team, that's their family again because they're all overseas. But it was redefining football, Australian football culture. So it was 10 one-minute documentaries with Trent Sainsbury, Tom Rogic, um, Matty Ryan. Uh, we did Benny Roche here. Um, Abraham Mayork, who was at the Wanderers in the Central Coast. Um, and we also did a Jersey football studio during the first two qualify uh, first two round games of the soccer is with Nike, which I think we sold out. Oh, we got it was tickets were done in like an hour for that one. For the tournament half an hour we did over 400 jerseys in two days um but the wow. beautiful thing for that for me was like it was combining every, i've worn jerseys since i was like a kid my wife thinks it's normal i go to weddings in jerseys like it's, <laughs> the collection runs like you know i got lucky because i wore everything this is like from when i was you know 12 or 13 a friend bought it back so it's an actual rui costa jersey from when he was playing with fiorentina but my um i bought everything xl back then that's with how you wore things um and that everything was super huge, so everything now fits me really well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's about exposing that culture and really redefining our culture. I'm very lucky with the trust I have in the players. I always say that 99% of what I talk about with them never makes what I do. You'll only get 1%. Um, for me, it's about the relationships I have, and it's giving a side of you that you'll never see. But it's really, you know, as you say, with the changing of the leagues now, and I really think we have an amazing culture, and I really, 2021, I said I want to really continue this positivity but i really think we've got to stop um diluting our product uh give football back to football our people are educated you know going to the wanderers first round game it was i went with my brother we sat there and you sit back and you hear the discussions in the crowd and, and you laugh at some of the things guys say and women say because you're just like whoa what game are you watching but it's an educated <laughs> crowd you know no, but that's that's football like and we've yeah, got to yeah. have and there were, it was diverse and it was great you know, Brisbane having, you know, 10,000 in a small stadium, that's where it's at, you know, and I go, I still go to MPL games and I go to MPL two and three and I'm in grassroots and, you know, I'm super proud last year. Um, I moved, uh, I've become on the board of my local junior club because my little man's going to 
hopefully play there next year as well. Thierry! So, uh, Thierry, little Thierry got very my my wife named him Thierry Miguel, so I'm very lucky that he got that name. Because <laughs> for uh, those that don't know, Chad, you are a massive Gunners fan, massive, right? So massive, yes. That has yes, to yes. come from your yeah, yeah. Ian Wright, yes. Uh, yeah, but Thierry, he, he calls himself TT. Everyone calls him TT, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But uh, hopefully he's going to play. But, yeah, super proud that I went. The, basically, my dad played at my junior club for 40 years um, for wow. Belmore Eagles, and I went back and played for two years, which was pretty cool after I'd fallen back in love with football. My brother played as well, but he was like the godfather in that area. He kind of walks around and no one knows who John and I are, but he's like, everyone's just, oh, Mr. Gibson, how are you? Give a... So, um, and the guys there are family to me and I want to have those memories and Abbotsford's where I'm at with my, my junior club and it's a great club. I play there. Um, it's a great community, but, you know, they, we worked with them last year and rebranded all our kits, um, all our logos. So we said, we want to treat you like we treat, you know nike australia and the socceroos that's so we you know redid their logos and like for yeah. a grassroots team really really changed what grassroots looks like as well um we we had a great thing that we gave our our women because we've got 30 33 women in the club um and that number's continually rising higher um so we um part of that was also creating bespoke kits for the women which i'm super proud for so all awesome. of our women uh teenage girls and minis got bespoke kits to the men's so they got wow. um, the, the club logo club numbers all in like a blush uh kind of fashion pink um awesome. the club changed from a yellow to a vault so they were just little things that are changing grassroots so you know i'm pretty proud that i can kind of walk in grassroots mpl we did the campaign for the mpl last year which i'm super proud of as well um and a league and i can kind of walk everywhere and you know do my thing and people know what i do and yeah i think it's it, it just gets frustrating that our game, we all continue to know where we can get it to go. But I just think it, it's time now to, we can always keep saying, oh, we should do this and we should do that. And it's easy to, a lot of people to come up with solutions, but what are you actually doing to make those solutions come to fruition? But yeah, I think it's just time we just be proud of being football, you know, growing up watching SBS and, you know, I felt rebellious. I felt that was my, my crew. I felt, you know, football is cool. You know, we, we play, we're involved in the coolest sport in the world, yet mm -hmm. we try to dilute it. I don't, I don't get it. Like, don't, and Australia is a different country because we have so many sports and, and we've all grown up watching other sports, but football's in our heart, but we don't need to go chase those other fans because they will come. Um, mm -hmm. I think we kind of also need to be, you know, super positive about our players here. I said it, you know, what sitting down and actually watching A-League like I do and W-League as well, like, why have we never heard a Mark Milligan, like a James Troisi? Like, and, you know, I jokingly said to James the other day that I said, I said, like we were having a coffee and I said, like, your goal, and he laughed at me. I said, no, but I'm being, I said, your goal is our Marco Tardelli moment. Yeah. And he's like, nah, come on, Chad. Like, I was like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that shouldn't just be on an anavert. Like, that is like, you know, in 30 years' time or whatever, like, James should be like sitting on a couch somewhere and like always discuss that goal is history mm -hmm. to us. You know, yeah. and guys, and the guys like James and, and Mark Milligan put on like a clinic in route, like you know, and like I'm very close to Bernie Abini and him and his family. But Bernie's a superstar in this country. Like no matter where we go, he hasn't played here for like four years. Champion in Korea, championship in Korea, MLS, Middle East. No matter where you go with the guy, he stopped. And like we've got these guys. Like why aren't we heroing 
our own. Like we've had some amazing imports in, you know, Thomas Broish and Shinji and Dwight. But, you know, I think it's always time. We just never, we never embrace our own and we never embrace local, you know. It's always sure. like every, everything outside is always, always better. And I'm not saying it because it's your brother, but like, your brother and Paolo and, and like they're some of the greatest football I've ever seen. Like, you know, I used to I got in trouble from my parents because I went through a stage like dragging my toes on the ground because Ned used to do it. So Ned <laughs> used to do this thing, like he used to like drag his copers and like my parents were like, Can you stop doing that? Like we're like, you know, don't but that's like that's what I want kids here to grow up and do that. Like, oh, I wanna play like Bernie Abini, I wanna play like Mark Milligan, like I just think we really, you know, we have to embrace our own. And obviously with our women's game as well, we've got one of the greatest teams that could win, actually could win a World Cup on home soil. Like, that's not a small thing. That's not a an opportunity that ever comes around again. Like, our men, as good as we are and as great as we are, in reality, it, it'll be very hard to win a World Cup. We'll aspire to, but the reality yeah. is, it, it is very, it, it is a, a very hard thing to do. Um, the Asian Cup is something, as I said, we should cherish more and I don't think gets the gravitas that it deserves, but our women could actually win a World Cup and that's something, you know, with Sam and, you know, I have very great relationships with the girls as well because I've supported them before they were the cool team that everyone now sees. Like, we've got a unique group of amazing women or athlete, uh, athletes, I should say, that we should be heroing and, and pushing to the right. Like, you know, Sam Kerr's doing adverts with Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Mbappe. Like, mm -hmm. she's in the elite of footballers in the world. Like, there's men that aren't so, even getting those kind of things. So why why aren't we celebrating our own, Chad? Where do you think we've gone wrong in this country? I mean, it uh, feels like we've really turned our backs on football here. For as much as we've got people that say they love it, they want to see it grow, they want to support it, what you're saying is absolutely right. We've been complaining about it for years. I mean, we need to see our players, our own homegrown players, on the back of buses, yeah, on billboards, yeah, everywhere, telling yeah, their stories. But where have we failed? Um, should have just hired local FC. Um, no, um, it's, uh, I've, tried to, maybe, I've tried to do. I've tried to do that, and that's kind of what I've done. I've tried to hero. You know, I, I say I'm local but global, and I'm very lucky that I can go in, go around the world, and, and do work pre-COVID. And but I've, wherever I've gone, I've always taken Australian football and heroed it with me. So like during my times in Paris, like I've met a crew of guys that are I've, one guy in particular who's my best mate over there. Um, so every time I go there, I stay with him. Um, but like I go play on their five-a-side team. They take me around on their mopeds. But every time I go to Paris and in that, like there was like a two-year stage where I'd gone three or four times for work. Like I would take every new, I had to send every new, because uh, Nike hooked me up, every new Socceroo jersey to those guys. And they think it's amazing. Mm. They're in Paris rocking Socceroo jerseys. And it's like wow. we are, I've said this before, we could be the coolest football team in asia hmm. it's just trying to make that change of not doing what everyone else is doing like we're still we do have history but we don't have the history of a of a netherlands of a, of, a, of an england france are their own they're allowed to go carte blanche and be be french they're french you know um but mm -hmm. all these other great countries germany they are they do have to get there are things that they have to do that because of their history in terms of jerseys in terms of culture we're still so young and fresh and our country yeah. is so diverse. Like, you know, as I said, growing up, football to me was cool because it was like my little clique. It was rebellious. Like 
I hung out with the guys at school and I was like, oh, that's Gibo. Like, oh, he plays football. He's got, he's good. He's all right. You know, and like I looked around and like you didn't see um, the diversity was just something that you didn't see. It's just, it's football. That's what you grow up on. And we've never, I don't think we've embraced that in modern day football in Australia. And that's, you know, there's so many things, you know, there's, you know, cost of football and all those things, but how do we fix those things? But our game has so many rich stories and it's so diverse and you're playing the sport that is the coolest sport in the world. Like let's show Australians versions of that. Let's stop chasing. Like when I keep saying we're not the big bash and I yeah. don't want to ever yeah. be the big bash. They, they do that and that's their thing. But in the end of the day, we're football. It's about 90 minutes on the pitch and the stories we can tell off. And I think we've just got to start being proud again of our history, showing our culture, telling our stories. The stories that we have, other codes would die for. They don't have what we have. They don't have the the, the rich, the, I shouldn't say diversity is not the word, but they don't have our, they just don't have what football has. They don't have because, our history. They don't have our yeah, storylines. They don't have our yeah. personalities. They don't have our, as you said, diversity. They don't have any of those things. Um, and, yeah. and you're absolutely right in that we just haven't been embracing those things, Gibbo, and, and it's been really sad to see because I feel like for the better part of the last three decades we've been moaning about the same issues in the game. And, yeah. and, and, and as you said earlier, we're saying we want to change them. We want better things to come for Australian football, but we're not doing them. Um, yeah. Stolich, some questions for Gibbo before we say goodbye to him yeah. shortly. Yeah, well, I just want to add to that, like, talk about it being the cool sport. Yeah, when I was growing up, it's the same thing. And the cool thing about it was, like you say, like local but global. Whenever you met someone from overseas, you could always see, like, oh, you're from, like, this country. Oh, this player plays there. Or I know this team yeah. from there. You know, it didn't matter where it was from. It was like, oh, Argentina, Maradona, Messi, whatever. If it, you know, And to me, you talk about, like, I play a game on Thursday mornings and you talk about falling in love with the game. This is like my favorite game I play every week. Thursday morning, a pickup yeah. game just at our local park, people from Argentina people from Italy, people from Israel, people from Turkey, people from, you know, like Aussies from five generations or whatever. And it's cool because everyone's there, everyone's repping like their kit as well. Like yeah. that's the, also the cool thing that they get to express, whether it's a River jersey or whether it's a Fiorentina yeah. jersey or, you know, some team that I've never even heard of. And you'd be like, oh, cool, you find out about their culture. So yeah. I guess one of the things is that, that I wanted to ask is what, how would you define like Australian football culture to say wow. people overseas. So when you, when you go to France and they say, so tell us about football in Australia, how would you kind of sum it up for them? Um, mm. Wow. Just on the Jersey thing as well, like just a small thing of mm. us, like working with my local club last year, I think one of the best highlights I had was like with the changing kit, the kits were so cool. And we had like eight and 10 year olds at 4 PM still like the season before every kid was in a premier league kit. This yeah. season, like when the first grade paid or whatever, 4 p.m., kids that had played at 8 or 10 were still rocking our jersey. Mm. Wow. And nice. like our president goes, that's that's why we did it. And like it, yeah. it's, it was just giving them something they wanted to be aware and wanted to be proud of. But how would I sum up Australian football culture to someone overseas? Um, to quote Kelis, young, fresh and new, if you know the song. <laughs> yeah, um, Banger no, from the old... That was a banger from the old Pharrell day. So young, fresh and new, but we've got to embrace that with, with amazing history as well. Can I say as well, I thought it was a really good point that you made. Like anyone who doesn't follow Chad on Instagram, check him out, Local FC. Amazing, amazing stuff. Always producing really cool stuff. But I thought you made a really good point the other day when, and it was not a big deal. You know, people didn't go too crazy about it, but I thought it was an important thing. 
Western United yeah. had um, what's his name, uh, Daryl Braithwaite, the horses guy, do Bring some great back entertainment. Then. Right. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: because like to me, to me, and to my mates, like my, you yeah. know, football, we don't, man, Braithwaite horses. I don't even know when that song yeah. was from. We didn't grow up with that. We don't know anything about that. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't drive us. That doesn't appeal to us. That doesn't say football, like you say. Man, you play not many by Scribe. Everyone thinks A League season Everyone. one. Which you were yeah, you were a major yeah. part of that ad. But that was the coolest ad we ever did when it yeah. comes to the A League. We 100%. all loved it when I was going. I was fourteen years old. We were all talking about yeah. that. Oh, have you heard that new Scribe song? Why aren't we embracing, like you say, fresh, young, and new? Um, I don't know. I don't know. They need to get me creatively involved. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, do. no. Um, we we have. I think. Yeah, I think we don't understand our culture um we don't i think we don't don't understand how much people um are part of football culture i think our hardest thing is that we are always going to compete against the prem city are other cards don't have that but if we continually say the players um australian wise aren't good enough the a-league's not good enough if you keep portraying that, if you look at a newspaper and it's, you know, you're 20 pages back, like that's what people are going to think because that's mm. what you're telling them. But for yeah. me, I, I just believe in positivity and I said it, I did a, a little diatribe and I, I, it takes a while for me to do those things, but I, the response has been, Chad, this is what we're all thinking. Like, thank you, mm. the players, the, the fans. Um, and I just wanted to be open and honest. And football, my dad always told me, football is a game that is about opinions. You're not going to agree with everyone. But it's having discussions like this will make our game move forward. And it's like, you may say something that I don't agree, but then you may make another point that I do agree on. Um, but it, I think it's just, a, for me, it's just, as I said, we've, we're in the same position now. We were probably in season one. We, yeah. we, we keep, I don't want to go back to NSL days because it's not that end of NSL was a very, being part of it was a scary time. Yeah. Like it wasn't, yeah. Like it just for the last two seasons, just some reason went like that. And I felt so A League, yeah, A League two seasons ago went, it kind of plateaued and then I thought it dropped quite a bit. Um, this year's been like, you look at this year, the first round has been off the chains. Like games are great, crowds are great, small grounds, yeah. great atmosphere, particularly coming out young of COVID. Players. He's amazing, young players. But as I said, like, why haven't we made Mark Millions? Why haven't we embraced our own and made them? It's about being positive. There's no use continually for the last 15 years, every season, oh, we need to reboot. We need to do this. We need to do this. But we don't do it. It's easy to talk about it. And I find, and this is not an ex-player sticking up for players, but I've gone off and done local FC and not our field and as I said, I, I wanted to make a bigger difference in Australian football because this is, I, want, I feel like I'm an ambassador of the game here. I want to do everything I can to take it. Same as when I played in, in the A-League. I did, the first season, I didn't have a day off for seven to eight months because I felt, I just did everything that I was asked because I felt for guys like your brother, my brother, your Alex Tobins, the guys that had gone before us that had done so much work, it was my job now, I felt, not just playing wise, but to promote the game. So the guys now have the league that they have, and then the same way they should do everything they can to get it. But we constantly are never embracing back to the point, embracing our own and promoting our own. So people are never going to get good and we think it's good enough. But has the media done a good enough job? Have the clubs done a good enough job? Has the, exactly. like have we all have we all 
Like it's always like, oh, the players haven't done it. The players haven't no, done no, it. No, no, the, the, the level. Okay, and and I'll admit there are some games that aren't great, but that's football. Yeah, hundred percent. Like there are some games, as I said, the first round, great. And I keep like people always tell me when they say oh, I don't watch A League. I say this is my test. I say go watch the bottom two teams in the Prem, and see yeah. if you last ninety minutes. You won't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not, not only that, you won't. Sydney and, United and, and, this year. Oh, yeah, and then but, nil all draw, worst game I've ever seen. And I, but I've gone. My mate was a couple of years ago playing MPL at three at Fraser Park. So I'd go get like Frango's Portuguese chicken yeah. and like a, a cheeky <laughs> little boy. Because no, there was no one at the gate, so I'd get like a bottle of red wine and I'd sit there and like it was the best time ever. Yeah. And it, but that's Australian football culture to me. Mm. Sitting there, there's some old guys that you know I think were there when I played at Stanmore for a time with. With your brother, <laughs> um, I want to find it with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give her the stories uh, because keep on mate. coming, and I'm so regretful that we have to say goodbye right. to you, my friend. No, no, no. Um, we could have kept chatting to you all day, and please promise us. I know you don't do yeah. these things very often. You like to kind yeah. of fly under the radar, just do yeah. your work. Please come back to us. I will. Please come back to us and talk more passionately about Australian football. Share with us what you're doing with local FC because yeah, we think. What you are doing is worthy of a larger scale of attention. And we believe in you. We believe in your content you. and your product. We think you're outstanding. We salute you. We love the, the Rui Costa Fiorentina <laughs> journey you're rocking today. So many others have written in to say that they are rating it highly. So okay, thank wait. you for everything. Look at it. Here it is. Oh, Rui Costa. Oh, it's, it's, actual, it's match worn. So it's my prize. It's my favorite jersey in my collection. So Ay, yeah, yeah. It. You've got to guard but, that with your life. Uh, the young Tiki's going to uh, inherit so got, even better. I think it's around 300 that he's going to inherit now, so he's, he's going to do all right. But no, thank you guys, and um, thank you to SBS and, and World Soccer, which are you know Gypsy Kings that I grew up on. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, let's. I think this year, as I said, I, I went on a little tangent on local FC, and, and the response has been great. But I think we all need to work together and you know start embracing our own more and embrace local, um, not just local FC, but local football. You know, that's the women's game, the men's game. It's MPL, and like you know, I, I tell guys all the time that. You know, even when I'm playing five-a-side, like, we speak about the A-League and I'll constantly big it up, um, not only because I played in it, but I believe in it with what I do. Like, I now feel it's my life mission to take Australian football and Australian football culture to where it goes, and I know I'll do that. But I think just tell a person this year, just be, always speak positively, but if someone says something about football in the country, just please tell them to go watch one game. Mm. Yep. If you get a friend or a mate to watch one game, whether it be going to the game streaming it online that makes a difference it's just getting that conversation started and getting people in and just you know everyone be positive about it but i promise you i will be back um and it won't take so long this time no enjoy your day guys chad thank you so much chad gibson um a fantastic ambassador of the game a great guy to catch up with there to talk all things football he's very passionate about the australian game his local fc is just his product his baby his investment his amazing guys get over to instagram support it um the content that he's he's producing is really next level it's like nothing you've ever seen in the country get behind him and as he said get behind australian football because we need it now more than ever now we want to move on to the next guest very swiftly here because we've had a a stacked show and so many fabulous conversations and our next guest of course will have been front and center for so much of what's going on in the a-league at the moment and it's none other than the new executive chairman over at newcastle it's Shane, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Is it Mateski? 
Matiski's great. Thanks, Lucy. If Matiski's great, then you know what? We're going to run with that. And we are so delighted that you could make time to join us here. We know you are so incredibly busy with everything going on, Shane. So thank you so much. Firstly, tell us, we've got to congratulate you first and foremost on your position. But firstly, tell us what kind of a whirlwind have you been through in this last week? Oh, yeah, it's been a big whirlwind. But uh, look, it's exciting for me to start off with, right? And it's not exciting to be part of the world game, right? In a, you know, in a couple of different senses. So it's a new experience for me. I've obviously come from a, well, a, across a lot of different sports, uh, spent a lot of time in the NRL, know the Newcastle area, which is great. It's a great community up here. But uh, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy couple of days, really. So we, the, this license change happened on Monday. And it's kind of unusual. This stuff normally would happen in off-season if it was going to happen. And then obviously we're, we're happening in a week where we're shifting towards a game, two games, W League and A League, this Friday. So let's over to you. Some questions for Shane. Shane, I wanted to know, you're coming in, world win start, a lot of changes happening at the Jets. What's kind of your priorities for the first month, the first six months, and then beyond? Yeah, good questions. Look, the number one obvious priority is get ourselves in a position where where both teams are able to take the field on Friday. That's so, you know, we're well into that. Uh, in fact, you know, in, in a lot of ways, there's great clarity that comes to those two teams, right? They've, they've played in an environment where they haven't had certainty around um, what's happening with the club. So we've been able to create stability and give them some clarity now and, and an ability to focus on the game. So that's that's been the number one priority and it's been good to get in place and t- talking to the players both the W League and A League guys, they're very, very happy that that's been clarified for them. And then as we move into that six-month period, we know Newcastle's a great environment here. We know there's a great foundation in terms of the fan base, the participants. We know the club's got a great culture. And uh, that's something that we now are focused on building on. So as we look to the next six months, we'll, we'll have stability around football and around the club more generally, but then we want to look to growth. And that will be the focus over the next six months. And then with the owner group that we've now got, uh, and, it, and it's a group, obviously, I think many people will have seen, it's a group that's come uh, from the the new APL. So it's it's people that are in football, they know football, uh, and, and they understand what's required around football. So uh, there is a long-term view. There's a view that this group now can, can not only provide stability but can invest in the team here, but also look in time to be able to bring some local interest. And I think that's really important. So it would be great to be able to bring some local interest. And we're in a position where we can do that on a stepped basis. So we we don't have to go and look for some sort of Hail Mary from Asia or whoever in terms of an owner. We can actually look, um, take our time to find the right people to be involved in the club. And I think that's a really important thing for this community. Shane, we got, of all the guests that we've had on today, we got the most, um, you know, written requests uh, to, to make comment and to, to get some questions answered by you here today. So you're very popular. Um, one coming from Brett Griffo on Twitter. Shane, any thoughts on how soon the APL Consortium will look at the community local business out to be ready for any new owner consortium to join the Newcastle model of ownership? Uh, to the to join the Newcastle look, well, I think that's kind of what I've just been talking about, right? We're uh, we're taking our time in terms of uh, creating firstly creating that stability, but then getting into the into the business community in Newcastle, and it's a, it's a much bigger community, obviously, than Newcastle. It's we've got region. We're very very fortunate here that we've got a region that goes all the way up the coast and out into areas like Tamworth, Armidale, etc. Uh, we want to find the right people 
that want to come and be part of the club for the right reasons. And so we'll take our time to do that. We don't want to rush in because it is important. These these are long-term decisions and we need long-term investors. So we will take our time to get the right people. Another one from Jeff D also via Twitter. How long can the Jets stay under the control of the other A-League teams? What influence do the new slash temporary owners have? Who has the decision-making power and how much does it cost to run the teams for the season? A lot of questions there from Jeff, who's obviously a very big Newcastle Jets fan. Yeah, look, they're good questions. I think if you're if you're from Newcastle, you want to know that the people involved are here for the long term and that's, that's the positive here. They aren't temporary owners. They're, they've... They obviously know football, right? I mean, they know the Newcastle region and they're investing in this region because they see the the value of this region, the, the foundation that's here, the fact that it does have the right model to be successful in the long term. And, of course, it's a great club. It's got a great history. It's been successful. And we, and we get the right pieces in place, and that's what this new ownership's about, that we can make it successful moving forward. So um, it isn't temporary. It is a long-term view. And, uh, you know, the more, and I've been here only, you know, we're talking days now, but you can already see that potential. And there's some exciting things, you know, that I, I can see already in the very near term in terms of how we engage into the broader community, how we engage into the business community, um, the, the broader support that we can see from government. And uh, I've just been this morning down to look at the facility on, at Lake Macquarie that uh, football, Northern New South Wales football's got. It's amazing. So there's some great things here and I'm really excited about the future of the club. Um, Stolich, one more from one of our viewers, XYZ uh, via Twitter also. Question for Shane, incoming new full-time coach or are you sticking with Deans? I know you've only been there five minutes and these questions are hard to answer when you've been there for such a short amount of time, Shane, but have there been any discussions around coaches? I mean, we've seen some media reports and by yours truly SBS um, in which they've said that apparently Gary Van Egmond has potentially been approached to take on the role once again after his uh, previous spell with the club a number of years ago, but are these conversations that you've already started having about appointing a, a more full-time coach yeah look the, the it's day three right so but we do recognize on the list of things we've got to get to number the top of the list was you know make sure our players are stable and are focused on the game for Friday and we're comfortable that's all now in place uh, but towards the top of that list is look at the the whole football department think about the coaching position uh, think about how we're positioned across the rest of the squad. So those conversations are in play now. Uh, I can't give you a time on how when they'll when we'll get to a, a view on those things, but there is no predetermined view. Uh, but it's very much now that we've got now that we know we're ready to put the team on the field, uh, and that's exciting, right? To be able to do that under a new structure, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But you know, the next thing we'll move to, or one of the very key next things, is actually to to get through that process of making some decisions around the rest of the football department. Stolich, a couple of more questions for Shane before we say goodbye. Yeah, Shane, I just wanted to kind of ask, how is it going to work in terms of obviously, you know, the clubs have come in and they've, you know, saved the Newcastle Jets, which is great. And I think I think the Jets fans are very thankful. I saw a lot of Jets fans saying thank you to the other clubs for saying this. It's very good. But obviously those other clubs want to get some of the best players from the Newcastle Jets to join them. And, you know, Newcastle Jets, in theory, would want to pick up players from the other clubs as well. How is that relationship going to work where, you know, they're part owners but they're also competitors? You know, we, let's say if, if Sydney FC wants to sign, and Sydney FC we know have been important in saving the Jets, Sydney FC want to sign a player from the Newcastle Jets. How much control will the Jets have to be able to go, 
Yeah, look, we're 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 here to be competitive, right? We're in this. This is a competition, and we're very serious about it. And the owners get that, so they 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 understand that it's really important that we have a governance model, so we have structures that actually protect the the competitive nature of this team, uh, so that we can, you know, we're we're here to have a red hot crack at this competition, and we're here to represent the the New South Wales the New South Wales Newcastle community. Um, you know, proudly, right? And and we know the Newcastle and Northern New South Wales community. You know, they they are very loyal fans. They have great trust in this team, but they they want to see the team compete, and that is very much the focus. So, the owners understand that. The owners understand that there's a model that needs to be put in place to make sure that that competitive nature of the team, the football decisions, actually need to be, in effect, isolated and made independent. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here to act as an independent chair and to um, to make sure that we can continue to hold that competitive nature inside the organisation. Do you feel confident and can you instil confidence, Shane, in the, the Hunter region and the fans of this football club who have realistically, they've been through so much um, and dragged through the mud throughout a lot of these periods, but do you feel confident that a, a new era is on the horizon for this club? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really exciting. I, I think, you know, I talked before about the fact that we've got people now in the club uh, sitting behind the club that have real experience in football, right? So they know they wouldn't be getting into this if they didn't really believe in the area and they didn't believe in the growth and they didn't recognise the this great foundation that's already here, right? And, and it is a great foundation. The club's got a great history. Uh, so there is there's there's a real you know sense of uh, renewal and invigoration I think already that I can see in the club. And when I'm out and talking to the community. Uh, you can you can see that as well. Everyone's engaging and they're very excited about the, what's now opening up in front of them. And you you think about what's happening across the A League more generally in terms of underbundling and the opportunities that are coming with that. So I think it's a really positive. It's a change that needed to happen, but it's a very positive change for the team and for the community. And I'm excited about being part of that. Mm, well, we are excited that, um, you know, that there is potentially a new era on the horizon for this club. As I said, so many proud Hunter Region fans, they love their football so much. Shane, we know you're a very busy man. We appreciate you making the time for us here on the World Game Live. We look forward to catching up with you soon. And, and we look forward to hearing about the good things coming out of Newcastle for both the W League and the A League teams because they, they damn well deserve it. I agree. No, it'll be great. Look forward to talking more. Thank you. Good on you, Shane. Thanks so much. Great to hear from Shane Mateski there. Of course, as I said, a very busy man. There's so much going on at the moment. We did, of course, put in requests to have Greg O'Rourke come and join us, but unfortunately he's been stuck in back-to-back meetings and, and wasn't able to make time for us. We're still chasing him. We still want um, Greg O'Rourke to come on the show and talk to us about the year that was, of course, last year, very challenging period for them, but it's all up to Football Australia and whether or not um, they can uh, make that possible for us. Um, I, I want to move on to, of course, then that discussion around the Jets. Uh, if possible storage before we look to quickly wrap up the show of course we know that we've um had a lot going on in today's program but of course as we know Newcastle Jets they're poised for a new ownership model now uh Shane I'm not sure that he completely satisfied a lot of the questions that we were asking him in terms of the new structure how it's going to look the potential conflicts of interest that may arise out of this as you alluded to storage with this current structure but are you feeling as though the future is looking brighter on the hunter now with this news because Martin Lee the previous owner he did a damn good job of running this club into the ground well i mean listen initially he did all right there you know they made a they hosted a grand final and they made the asian champions league qualifiers but yeah from the last year he hasn't put any money into the club so i think uh of course this is a better situation 
But yeah, I mean, he's been there. He hasn't been there long, so we've got to give him time, see how he acts, and then we can kind of judge him on that. But it's a very tough situation. It is a very questionable situation with the A-League club stepping in to, you know, save the Jets. But yeah, I am worried about the conflict of interest. I mean, we know the Steve Ugarkovich situation. He wants to go join the Western Sydney Wanderers. You know, the Jets, are they able to even offer him a new contract? Are they in a financial position to do that? But also, if they're owned by the other clubs, maybe the other clubs will say, well, we don't want you offering a new contract to someone that we want. We want to pick them up on a free. That that could be an issue. But, you know, in the very immediate future, I know there's $5 tickets or $10 tickets um, this week for the Friday night game. I think that's fantastic. Good way, lower the price, get the fans back in the stadium, get a good atmosphere uh, up there at the Hunter Stadium and, you know, really build some momentum behind the Jets because I think they should be a, an important team in the A-League. Obviously, they have good history. Um, I would question the potential appointment of Gary Van Egmont. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the best way to go. I mean, he's been there. That'd be his third time uh, in charge of the club. It didn't really work out, especially the second time. You know, coaches can improve. Situations can be different. But I'd kind of maybe like to see a fresh uh, coach in there, um, you know, maybe someone new. There was talk of Arthur Pappas, uh, Ange Postacoglu's assistant at one stage. I think that would be very interesting. I've really liked, for example, Carl Viet coming Kral- in. Kralmoski's out of a job as well, so maybe he could also yeah. be in the running. But I couldn't agree more. I could, they need a fresher perspective on this, and this is no disrespect to Gary Van Egmond. I mean, as you said there, this could be potentially his third spell with the club. We know that he was successful with them when he did win the title. Um, but, you know, going on beyond that, he was then sacked by the club. And at that time, when I'd spoken to players um, who were a part of that playing group, and I'm not going to name names, but some of them did say to me that, you know, it turned out to be a bit of a disaster towards the end there under Gary Van Egmont and that they ultimately weren't happy with his man management skills. Now, this isn't something that I'm making up. This is, again, coming from the the contingent um, involved uh, working under Gary at that time. So at this point, um, you know, as you said, people can change and his coaching skills may have improved over the years. Of course, he's been with the Matilda setup, worked under Stadge for a number of years. Uh, But um, I feel like if you're looking to, to start fresh and to get things off on the right foot, you need to go down a fresh approach um, and not bring someone back that's been with the club already twice. So well said there, Stolich. I know that um, we've got a hell of a lot more to get through before we wrap up. So I want to quickly start off with a quick Premier League update as well. Um, we've seen a hell of a lot happening there at the moment now and not some good news as well with the COVID-19 cases reaching 40 in the league in one week. They've had 40 positive tests come back in one week. Liverpool, shambolic, winless in three. Um, historic moment for the Saints, of course. I was delighted for them, even though I am a Liverpool fan, but that was absolutely woeful from them and it seems as though they've really fallen into a heap. United, a joint top. Um, fabulous for Manchester United fans who thought that things were going down the toilet um, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the wheel. But remember, as Rio Ferdinand said, don't worry, Ollie's at the wheel. Arsenal have finally found some form again and Lampard is under pressure for all the money that they have spent. They are in no better position in what they were last season, Stolich. It's not looking good for the Blues at this point in time, particularly when you consider the amount of money that they splashed. Yeah, exactly. And obviously Lampard's a club legend, so he's going to get given a bit more time than I think, you know, traditionally Abramovich would give the likes of Vias Boas or Scolari or, you know, Avram Grant or, you know, even even Ancelotti, who he fired after coming second. Um, but when it comes to Lampard, you know, that potentially he's a good coach, but this is a huge job to take so quickly. I mean, he coached Derby for one season in the championship and they threw him in the Chelsea gig. Uh, I, we see this more and more in football, Pirlo at Juventus. But listen, not everyone is Pep Guardiola. Not everyone is Zinedine Zidane and can just come in and start winning 
you know, Champions Leagues in their first season is very, very difficult. So I think Lampard is probably a bit out of his depth. The reason I say that, although Chelsea have been doing okay this season, very up and down, is that I think they don't have a clear identity. It's been a year and a half under Lampard, and I don't really know the way they play. I don't really know. Do they dominate games and, you know, get a lot of possession and build up slowly? Do they hit on the counterattack? Do they press, you know, like Liverpool do, Gergen press style? I don't really know the way they play, and I've been watching them for a while now. It's kind of like, what are they trying to do? And I think the players are in the same boat. I think there's a lot of times, like, we don't really know what we're trying to do here. Mm, All right, let's move on to our final segment of the show. We're going to have to wrap things up because we are running over time. Bad news, good news. Viewers, what's your bad news and what's your good news for the week? Share them with us. Stolich, I want to start with you. What is your bad news? So my bad news uh, for the week, unfortunately, uh, Jerry Marsden, uh, who was the lead singer of the British band called Jerry and the Pacemakers, he was the guy who sung the famous version of You'll Never Walk Alone, the version that we all know, whether you're a Liverpool fan, whether you're a Celtic fan, whether you're a Dortmund fan, whether you're a football fan, everyone knows it is probably the most iconic English-speaking anthem in the world. Um, you know, we saw that wonderful scene in Melbourne seven years ago when we came out here, full MCG stadium. You know, and imagine that, like a, a song and a, a thing that came from the other side of the world, all these Liverpool fans from Australia singing it, um, you know, at the top of their lungs is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful song. It, it's it's produced so many spine-tingling, goosebump-inducing moments, and I was very sad to see him pass. Very sad. We should actually start to converse with one another more about what our bad oh, news no. is. Because no. that was my bad news. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you feel like, especially me being a Liverpool fan, um, that song is so iconic. And to know that, um, you know, he was so beloved by so many figures, particularly in Liverpool, and to, to hear of his passing, really, really sad. So our thoughts on behalf of everyone at the World Game, of course, are with his family and and, and all the lovers of that song, um, that iconic tune that, of course, so many of us, not just that the, those who are Liverpool supporters, um, know and love um, really is a, a very sad day. What is your good news, though? Share with us your good news for the right. week. My good news, you know, I just love an amazing goal. And this goal from the Bundesliga, Leverkusen's uh, Nadim Amiri. Check this out. This is my favourite goal of the week. Amiri's pass. Florian Wertz. Wertz, lovely pass. Amiri turns cleverly. Can he find a finish? Oh, he can. A fantastic goal. You know, a little cheeky little back heel for the goal. Just a little flick pass from Burt's what a pass. No, Amiri still had lots to do. I mean, a spin in the backfield. Did he actually mean it, though? He meant everything. He meant everything. He's an amazing player. And I thought the commentators, they, they got to go more nuts when someone oh, like I that happens. I know there's, there's always a debate, you know, here about commentators and who's good and who's bad. I tell you what, my thing is you got to go nuts when someone does something amazing like that. And also when someone does a massive stuff up, you got to kind of hammer them a little bit. You got to be like, that's really- terrible. I hate when the commentators just go, oh, he would have wanted to do better there. No, it's the, that's disastrous. It's okay. <laughs> not he's about it. You've been hanging around with too many Spaniards for too long. Yeah, How about on exactly. from Tony Carr? Bad news. No palm trees at Gosford Bunnings. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> A-League My memes. Heart. This from you guys. Back to your best. This is where we want you. Making jokes, taking the piss. Yeah, A-League that, memes as good as D- Dylan Wenzel. That was Hall. a good goal. That was a, a good goal. Over the, the top. top. All right. You A-League memes, 100%. You want to talk about good goals? Why don't we talk about Bratzy's goal as well for Sydney Ooh. FC? You and Hoss oh. too. Sydney yeah. FC, my lord, Woo-hoo. they looked in amazing, well. outstanding stuff. We've seen some goals. great goals actually. Um, I- and 
speaking of great goals, before you make that point, I want to yeah. share my good news with you. Um, we're feeling a little bit inspired by Berbatov this week because the touches on some of these goals have been exceptional and by none other than Miss Flannery for Canberra United. Let's have a look. Flannery, good touch, looking for help. Still Flannery. Oh, and Flannery does it. Nicoletta Flannery finds a winner that has to give the points to Canberra United. What a finish. Don't even think Tegan Micah saw that coming. I don't Amazing. even think the cameraman saw it coming either because he thought, surely she's taken the piss. She's not going to do this on her own. The cameraman had to wait to catch up to actually capture the goal. <laughs> Listen, they had a logo on the screen for about 10 minutes during the game. So at least at least it was off there. we got to give them bad, it was bad, an improvement. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Um, you know what, though? The opposite of bad has been your form. I'm so glad you're back. Um, you know, mm. we loved having Daniel Garb here last week. He's an exceptional deputy in your absence. But I will say I'm so glad to see you back. I'm so glad to see so many of our viewers that we had in 2020 are back here as well. Justin Parker, hello to you again, my friend. Hassan Bertan, another one of our fans. Ivan Stragan, great to have your company again. Before we go, can you please tell us what you've got happening in the background there? All right, so this is from uh, my friend Daniel who does a thing through Cardly Sports. He makes these little FIFA cards there. So you can get them custom made. Uh, if you want to get them custom made for your kid, for a friend, as a joke, you can make them a, a 48 player or something for someone in your teammates, you know, stitch them up, be like, yeah, your defending's terrible. But as you can see, uh, he sent through some of these. Uh, Lucy, you have a higher rating than me. I don't know why that is. I'm his friend <laughs> and he gives you a higher rating. But Daniel, anyway. I love you. Daniel, you are a friend. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> check it out. Cardly, uh, Cardly Sports there. You can check that one out. Cardly Sports, very, very cool. Loving that mm. stuff. And um, really clever as well because I know that a lot of kids, all they care about now is Ultimate Team, so they'd make a fantastic birthday gift, Christmas, New Year. Hey, yep. we've past, but you can keep it in your mind for the end of the year. Great stuff, Daniel and Cardly Sports. Very, very cool indeed. Guys, thank you so much for your company. Of course, it's been another massive show. Thank you also to our guests, Michelle Haynes, Shane Mateski, and the legend Chad Gibson over at Local FC. As we said, go and support Chad. Go and have a look at his page. Go and support W League teams. Go and support A League teams where you can. I know that many of us around the country, of course, particularly those in Sydney, have been doing it tough. No thanks to COVID-19. So wherever you are, we are thinking of you stay safe take care for a lot of the stories that we have discussed make sure you head to the world game website that is your one-stop shop for all things football related not just in australia but globally as well we've got videos we've got opinion pieces we've got the latest news it is your destination to find all things football we'll be back next week of course from 1 p.m australian eastern daylight time but until then on behalf of myself solich and the entire team at the world game it's goodbye for now ciao and we'll see you again next week